Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday's Sports on the Sports History Network. Super Bowl X, a matchup between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys, will go down in NFL history as one of the best Super Bowls ever. Before we get to the game, let's look at some team history. The Pittsburgh Steelers joined the NFL in 1933. From 1933 to 1971, the team had just eight winning seasons and never played in a championship game. That all changed in 1972 when the Steelers reached the AFC Championship. They lost that game by four points to the eventual Super Bowl champion Miami Dolphins. The Steelers were back in the playoffs again the following season, this time losing to the Oakland Raiders. But the Steelers were loaded with talent, and it was just a matter of time before they would make it to the Super Bowl. They did just that the following season. They not only made it, but they won it giving the team its first world championship in its 42-year history. The goal now was to defend their title. The opponent, the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys joined the league in 1960 as an expansion team and struggled at the start with five losing seasons in a row. In 1965, the team showed promise, going 7-7. Then, Dallas reached the NFL Championship in 1966 and 1967, losing both times to the eventual Super Bowl champion, Green Bay Packers. The next two seasons ended the same way, with playoff losses to the Cleveland Browns. Then in 1970, the Cowboys finally reached the Super Bowl, only to lose it to the Baltimore Colts in heartbreaking fashion on a last-second field goal. But they came back, winning the Super Bowl the following season with a convincing 24-3 victory over the Miami Dolphins. In 1972 and 1973, Dallas reached the NFC Championship, but lost both times. The team finished a disappointing 8-6 in 1974 and missed the playoffs for the first time in nine years. Going into the 1975 season, many players were on the downside of their careers. Several players retired, while others were traded. 1975 was supposed to be a rebuilding year, but Dallas sprung a surprise. This would be a Super Bowl year. On January 18, 1976, the defending Super Bowl champion Steelers 
face the underdog Cowboys at the Orange Bowl in Miami. Here's how the first half went. Dallas won the coin toss and elected to receive. Former Steelers player Preston Pearson caught the kickoff at the three-yard line. But instead of running with the ball, he handed it off to rookie linebacker Thomas Henderson on a reverse. Henderson ran the ball to the Pittsburgh 44-yard line before being knocked out of bounds by kicker Roy Jarella. But the Cowboys' first possession did not go well. Quarterback Roger Staubach faked the handoff to Preston Pearson, but that fake did not fool defensive end L.C. Greenwood. Left unblocked, Greenwood was on Staubach immediately, forcing a fumble. Dallas recovered, but lost three yards. The next two plays resulted in a two-yard run and an incomplete pass. Dallas punted, and Pittsburgh took possession at their 17. The Steelers came out running. Franco Harris gained eight yards, followed by a seven-yard run by Rocky Blyer. Two more runs by Harris gave the Steelers a third and one. Another run by Harris gained nothing, and the Steelers punted. Pittsburgh punter Bobby Walden fumbled the snap, and a swarm of Cowboy players tackled him. Dallas had possession on the Steelers' 29-yard line, and the Cowboys didn't wait to take advantage. A stallback pass to Drew Pearson resulted in a touchdown. The extra point was good. Just like that, the underdog Cowboys had a 7-0 lead. Dallas kicked off, and the Steelers took possession at their 32. A run by Franco gained 8 yards. On second down, Blyer got another yard, and then Harris plowed for six more on a first down. On the Steelers' ninth running play in a row, Blyer gained another four yards. Then on second and six, Terry Bradshaw finally threw his first pass. Receiver Lynn Swan made a spectacular sideline catch for a 32-yard gain. Two more running plays gained nine yards, Blyer ran for five, and Harris got four. On third and one from the seven, the Steelers caught the Cowboys' defense off guard with an unexpected pass. Tight end Randy Grossman caught it for Pittsburgh's first score. The extra point tied the game at seven. After the kickoff, the Cowboys took over at their 35. Robert Newhouse ran for seven and Doug Dennison gained another five. A pass to tight end Gene Fugit went for nine yards, and then a draw play to Newhouse gained 16. Another draw play to Newhouse got five, while Dennison gained another four. It appeared that the Cowboys had the steel curtain defense on the ropes, but a third and one run by Newhouse came up inches short of the first down. An ordinarily conservative Tom Landry decided to go for it, and Doug Dennison got just enough for the first down. But the next two runs gained only two yards. The first quarter ended with the score tied 7-7. On third and nine, the Cowboys had a false start, 
It was the first penalty of the game. After seven runs in a row, Dallas passed, but the pass fell incomplete. The Cowboys settled for a field goal and a 10-7 lead. Dallas kicked off and Pittsburgh took over at their 32. Bradshaw passed on first down, but the ball fell incomplete after he took a big hit from Ed Tutal Jones. Three runs then netted 24 yards. Blyer got six, Bradshaw ran for eight, and Harris gained 10. But surprisingly, instead of continuing to run, the Steelers tried a lateral to receiver John Stallworth. That play lost four yards. Bradshaw recovered, hitting Stallworth with a 13-yard pass reception to make it third and one. When Dallas stopped Harris for no gain, the Steelers decided to go for it on fourth down. But Franco dropped the pass while being hit by Cliff Harris. Dallas took over at their 36. A run and a pass completion gained eight yards, but a third down pass was incomplete. Dallas punted and Pittsburgh took possession on their 22. An incomplete pass and a sack followed a three-yard run. It was clear now that the defenses were beginning to take control of this game. A fair catch by Golden Richards gave Dallas the ball at their 48. A pass to Preston Pearson put the ball at the Steelers 42, just shy of a first down. A bad exchange resulted in a fumble, but the Cowboys recovered. Preston Pearson then caught a third down pass, giving Dallas a first down at the Steelers' 37. The next two plays resulted in a short run and an incompletion. But a third down reception by reserve running back Charles Young gave the Cowboys a first down on the 21. It looked like Dallas was in position to get at least a field goal, but the steel curtain rose to the occasion. A pitch out to Newhouse lost three, and two passing attempts resulted in two sacks. Dallas had to punt. A good punt by Mitch Hoops put the Steelers at their six. After two runs gained just four yards, Bradshaw threw a long pass to Lynn Swan, who made his second spectacular catch of the game giving the Steelers the ball at the Cowboys' 37. After a first down pass fell incomplete, Blyer ran for seven, and Harris got three and a first down. Bradshaw then completed a seven-yard pass, eluding a fierce pass rush by the Dallas D. But the next two plays gained just one yard, and Pittsburgh set up for a 36-yard field goal and the tie. The usually reliable Roy Durella was off target. Dallas took possession, but only had enough time for a five-yard run by Robert Newhouse before the half ended, with the Cowboys holding a 10-7 lead. We'll continue with the second half on our next edition of Yesterday Sports, here on the Sports History Network. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, 
aka the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and pigskindispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on sportshistorynetwork.com, pigskindispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.